are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It, it feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Thursday, March 16th, and we have another episode here for you today. Um, No matter how you found us, thanks for being here. We are on uh, YouTube and Spotify and Amazon Prime Video. You can watch the show there as well as listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. So however you got here, we appreciate it. We have a really good show, a lot of NFL to talk today. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start, though, a little bit different. So Tim's going to have his rant like normal, this time on the UFC. UFC 285 yeah. happened a couple weeks ago. Fantastic fights, right? John Bones Jones. I mean, a, March, it, March 4th was the actual date for those for those who care. Yeah, so, know, so 12 days ago. Yeah, almost two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll have that to open the show with. Uh, and then to finish the first segment, usually it's hits and misses. Not today, though. It's going to be the top 10 NFL QBs going into this next season, into 2023. Uh, so it should be good. And then in the second segment, we will have a little bit of a discussion on how soft the NFL has gotten. So the penalties have gone up. Defensive players have now gotten a bit limited in what they can do. Uh, We're going to get into that, kind of the two sides, and hear both arguments. And then to finish off the show, we will have the top quarterbacks in the NFL draft this Mm. season. So where are they going? Yeah, kind of talking a little bit about that. It's it's interesting. You start to look at trends of who shows up and reports when, right? Like I thought it was interesting. Like, remember Zach Wilson, everyone was like, yeah, like, he's good. He'll go first round, but, like, yeah, a little bit of a project, kind of reckless. Yeah. And then, like, three weeks before the draft, everyone's like, Zach Wilson might be better than Trevor Lawrence. And he <laughs> shot up the board, went to number two, and you were like, yeah. wow, this kid's, like, not that good. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I, it's interesting. It's just, I don't know. It's just something I noticed, so we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit. But uh, first, I wanted to wait. I wanted to I wanted to discuss the John Jones fight. We didn't discuss it last week. I wanted to wait because it was just such a busy NFL you know, week last last week. Oh, with the free agency. With the Daniel yeah. Jones contract, Derek Carr contract, like all that stuff. I figured this could wait, right? The next few important UFC cards, not for another couple weeks. So, you know, we this had some time for us to kind of let it sink in. Well, I watched most of the fights again, right? And so th- that card in general, UFC 285. So we had like the Bo Nickel fight on there. Um, Grasso beating Shvechnikov. Shvech- uh, uh, I'm sorry, Shevchenko. My bad. I was I was mispronounced. Anyway, um, and then you had obviously the John Jones and Cyril gone. Let's start off with the Bo Nickel one, right? First round submission. I, I first of all, I can't. I think everybody knew it was coming, right? But in that fashion, was really impressive. I mean, it, he was he was minus money to, to submit him in the first round. Like, yeah. Everybody, Vegas knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Everybody threw money on Bo Nickel submission first round, right? But his ability to outmaneuver, out strategy out leverage any opponent he faces it's wildly impressive like it's really good and i he's probably an all-timer in terms of one of the best wrestlers that the ufc will see he's only that was his first actual ufc fight he's only four total fights into his professional career and i think it's already safe to say he's probably going to be one of the best grapplers wrestlers of all time but i think to be an absolute all-timer somebody who sets themselves apart in terms of Anybody, anytime, any place doesn't really matter the weight class as long as it's within like you know one of your comfortable range, he'll beat you like a, like a John Jones type, where it's like hey I'll miss three years for, of doing coke, 
and come back, move up a weight class, submit somebody in the first round. I think in order to be able to do that, you have to be able to strike. And I'm not saying Bo can't. We just don't know yet. We just don't know yet. Right? He hasn't been put in a spot, in a big spot yet, to where he has to stand and bang with the with the really, really good strikers. I think we're going to... And that's a credit to his wrestling, because he hasn't put himself in a spot to do that, right? Like, for example, Khabib was an all-time grappler. But, I mean, he'll knock you out if that's what it took. Like, he could strike with the best. He'll stand and bang with Connor if he needed to. Now, granted, that wasn't. If he had to, to do five rounds on his feet with Connor, he's going to lose that fight. But for stretches, absolutely he could go punch for punch with Connor. Absolutely in his prime, for sure. Like a hundred percent. So that's what that's what Bo I think needs to continue to improve to improve on. And again, we'll see if he even has a fight where that's what the fight dictates. But I do worry if the fight does dictate, hey, we gotta stay on our feet for a little bit. See how it goes. Second fight that was crazy. That Rockmanov versus Jeff Neal fight. First of all, Jeff Neal missed weight, so it wasn't really for much, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, but it, but Rockmanov did impress me. I, I think he I think he had a great chin. Jeff Neal, Jeff Neal was throwing. I mean, he was throwing. And he was taking him, too. But Rockmanov had a great chin on him. He was able to take the hit, distance himself. It was very, not John, he's not John Jones, but it was very John Jones-like, right? John, John will get rocked every now and then. But with the long arms and the reach advantage that he has in most of his fights, he'll just get distance on you right away. It's like one quick shot, he'll get distance on you. Next thing you know, you're right back to square one. Same thing with Rockmanov there. But I will say, you know, his... Stamina. I feel like he got tired and a little bit lazy towards the end, which is fine. Granted, I'd be tired like 30 seconds in, so I'm not saying I'd be any better. But it is something to to, to look at, and uh, you know, if he if he wants to actually contend. Next thing though, Valentina Shevchenko getting submitted by somebody that's known for their boxing is just bananas. That was the craziest. <laughs> that was the biggest shock. Easily. I mean, what Valentina was a minus 1500 favorite. I think. Yeah. It was insane. I mean, Grasso, the, 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 the girl that she fought, she was like, she, she, she's a boxer. Like, she is known for her boxing. Right? I mean, pick a champ anywhere. Let's go, let's go Alex Pajeda, right? One of, the, one of the best strikers, right? Just knocked out Izzy. When was that? Like, three, four months ago. Fights Izzy soon, actually. What if a wrestler, you know, grappler guy came in and picked, at, picked Alex apart on his feet, striking? You'd be like, what, what's going on? Well, what if a grappler outstruck the best striker? You'd be like, and then, and then at the end, he finished off with a KO. You're like, that'd be wild. That's exactly what happened with Grasso and, and, and Shevchenko. So that was crazy. Finally, John Bone Jones. He's absolutely back. He's absolutely better than ever. People saying, oh, is he still going to have the motors? Is he, is he still going to have the, 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 the pliability? He's gained weight. Is he still going to have the, you know, the speed, the quickness? I think that John Jones has lived with an eternal fire burning in his ass just all day every day since his suspension i really do i think he's pissed he missed out on three years of his prime i i I think he's coming back with a vengeance too i mean the look on cyril gone's face tells you everything you need to know cyril gone stood in there went the distance with francis Ngannou, who has cinder blocks for hands just weapons attached to his arm he went the distance with him Lost by decision, but he went to this with him. He looked stunned and in awe of what John Jones did to him. I mean, the technicality behind John's approach, it, it, it's like no other. I mean, John is meticulous. I mean, you can find footage of him explaining these little nuances of every little thing that he does. 
from the walkout all the way through the fight. I mean, the man, so set the stage. Just came back after three years, your first fight, you're going to walk out, dap up your brothers, kiss your wife. Shit, he almost forgot to put the Vaseline on his freaking face. He tried to get in the ring. He was trying to get right into the ring. I will tell you right now, it's all part of the plan. All of it was done on purpose, 100%, to get into the head of his opponent. Now, I know they weren't on their feet much, but he still maintains distance better than everybody. He still maintained great octagon control for the first, you know, minute that they were on their feet. Great octagon control. I mean, the dude got kicked in the nuts and still controlled the octagon. Let's be real. I mean, and he's got this quality. He's got like a really nice third and fourth gear where he's able to beat pretty much anybody. But every now and then he needs like a fifth and sixth gear. Every now and then. And it's right there for him when he needs it. I was rewatching some old fights. Loyota Machida beats his ass for a round and a half. Like it is. He is controlling the fight. Great counter strikes. He's rocked John with a couple. Didn't matter. John got him on the ground because he's got great, great takedown ability. Got him on the ground through one elbow. Gets a nice right hand in there. Gets Machida's feet. Boom. Sleeps him on his, puts him to sleep with a triangle choke on his feet. It's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. I cannot wait. Francis Ngannou was talking all that shit. Nice, nice job, John. Congratulations from the real heavyweight king. You're the one that backed... He, he was the one that backed out of the fight. Francis backed out of the fight. Right, like, Francis was the heavyweight champion of the world. If John wanted a title fight, that's who he had to fight. Yeah. Did you notice he wasn't in the ring? Francis. Not even in the UFC anymore. Because he didn't want to fight John Jones. It's interesting. I cannot wait for his next fight. He is 100% the best fighter of all time. I don't even think it's a debate. I don't think it's a debate. He is so good. And to be fair, he didn't need the Vaseline. He didn't. No, he didn't. He didn't, didn't did, get he get, did he get rocked once? He did not get punched once. He got kicked in the nuts, and then he submitted him 20 seconds later. It was it was one of the most impressive performances I've seen. I couldn't believe it. It was one of... I think the UFC 285 as a whole was was, was best of the last... Two, three years? I mean, the matchups. That's, it's, that's, that I'm going to be saying a lot. It, the it matchups, man. It was up there. Every was single up there. fight. See, there, there were yeah. wars. There were some that were just over in an instant. Yeah. They just blew your mind. And I then mean, the, all leading up to that John Bones walkout. That was pretty good. That was about as hype as it could get. It was pretty good. Uh, was the pretty UFC good. is uh, slowly but surely. Be, actually, not even that slowly. That, that sport is growing. It's awesome. And we're going to try to touch on it more. Um, and we have some more news coming out about the show just in general and, yep. the, and the podcast um, that you guys will probably like if you like this rant. But um, let's get into some some NFL quarterbacks now, what we do really well. Uh, talk about the top 10 of the top 10 quarterbacks going into 2023. All right, let's go. For those of you who are new, we always start at 10. We work our way up to one, build the suspense. Absolutely. Welcome if this is your first time. Okay, number 10, let's go Derek Carr. So new system. So that's, that is a little bit worrisome, right? It's not an offensive coach, uh, but it's a really good culture, good ownership, good GM, a very stable organization over the last decade and a half. Yeah. Um, I like the receiving core. If Michael Thomas is even upright for 12 games, I'm happy. Um, Chris Olave is good. Who knows? Maybe they'll be able to keep Landry. I doubt it, but they'll have Callaway, who's a decent three. Maybe they can go draft a two in like the second round. Yeah. Uh, I think Kamara will be be fine to play, pending you know some some of the off field stuff. But he should be fine to play. The offensive line serviceable, and the defense is serviceable, and he'll easily be the best quarterback in that division. So there's 
five or six wins right there in division alone. That you can rack up just yeah, without I even think, thinking I, about it. Yeah, so I think it's going to work fairly quickly for Derek Carr. I think he'll end up being in the playoffs. He sits at 10. 100% agree. Okay, number nine, let's go Matthew Stafford. I think he's going to be healthy. Um, and, and sources inside the Rams have already said they're going to go heavy offense. They're going to draft about five or six offensive players. They're already clearing cap space, and they're going to go spend it on offense. They're going to get an offensive line. Which they need. They need an offensive line. They probably need a number two receiver. They could probably use a back, which you can go get a back in the fifth round, and they've shown the capability uh, to do that. Um, so, I, so I think Stafford is going to come back. He's going to be healthy. He's going to play much better. Now, is he going to play his way into the top five like he was Super Bowl year? Probably not. But is nine realistic? Absolutely. And, and it does drop off after like six, you'll see. Yeah. And so I, I don't think it's insane to say Matthew Stafford at nine here. No, it could he, be even a little bit higher. He's been super successful. Yeah. And, and he has the talent to do it. It's just about he's not the type of guy that can do it on his own. He needs the right pieces yeah, around him. especially at this point in his career. And he needs to be propped up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, when you have Cooper Cup, hopefully Cup comes back healthy. They'll be just fine. Yeah. Number eight, let's go Aaron Rodgers. I, I think he's too talented to not work wherever he ends up, whether that's Green Bay. Hey, who knows? He might still be in the dark. I think he's too talented to even to not succeed, even if he played in the dark. I mean, realistically, like, yeah. and I, I have my issues with Aaron, and I think most of it's off the field, most of it's more leadership stuff than it is talent. That's a big part of it, though. Um, and Oh, no, I, I'm not saying it's not a big part of it, but if I'm saying I have a team, because this is top 10 quarterbacks going into 2023, so I'm looking, if I have a team for this coming year, who do I want on my roster? It'd be tough to say, you know what, Aaron, we're good. We're good. And, and I have my issues with them, but like I said, it drops off after six on this list. Like the, it gets really picky after about six. Every other guy in the league, outside of the top six, you're taking a phone call on. And so at the end of the day, we consider a nitpick, but he's one of the most talented quarterbacks we have in the game. Cross your fingers on the rest of it because it's hard to find that type of talent. Yeah, it's just we did kind of start to run thin on talent there at the end. You'll see. Yeah, you guys will see. All right, number seven, Russell Wilson. And this is going to sound crazy, but I just think he's going to be significantly improved. Now, is First this a hot take? This is probably a hot take. See, I haven't seen many lists like going into 2023 yet. Most people wait till after uh, the draft, which again, we will till we'll wait till after the draft, the end of free agency. So we'll yeah. do another one eventually. This is kind of like our it's way like too a, early. Yeah, a way too early one, right? Um, but so far, so for you, they're probably going to get Javante Williams back for the bulk of the season. Uh, Tim Patrick's an excellent number three receiver. So you'll have him, uh, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, capable tight ends. Uh, good running back. You'll probably find a good second, maybe in the fourth, fifth round, enough to, to split some carries with Javante. They've been shown to they, they can draft fine. Sean Payton in the room is not going to hurt that that feature at all. Um, I think with the addition of Sean, who's used to playing with a small quarterback in Drew Brees, is going to do is going to work wonders on Russell Wilson. I think he's going to be a significantly better passer, pure pocket passer, which is what he wanted to try last year, and it didn't work out. He's going to be a lot better from the pocket. I think Russ at seven makes sense. Uh, I think so, too. And for this big reason, ready? Um, Nathaniel Hackett will be <laughs> nowhere in the building. So I think that plays a Gone. huge role, too. Uh, Russ at seven. I mean, he's we thought he was going to pop last year. Second year in the organization. Hope he does this year. Russ at seven makes sense. So here's where, here's where these top six guys, you're not taking a phone call on. If somebody called and said, hey. Nope. Would you be interested in trade number six, Trevor Lawrence? And I think honestly, we might even have him slated low. I think I, I would, I would argue he should be switched with our number five. But consensus, we came up with this order here: Trevor Lawrence at six. First of all, second year in Doug Peterson's system, he's going to get uh, Calvin Ridley as his number one, Christian Kirk as his two, Zay Jones as his three, Evan Ingram's an excellent tight end, more like a number four receiver at that point. 
unbelievable. They'll have two good backs. O-line's improving. They have good draft capital, good cap space. They're not paying Lawrence yet anything or anything yet. Defense is pretty good. They got a, they get a good pass rush. They could use some secondary help, but it'll be just fine. Trevor Lawrence at sixth. I think you could look up. He could be a top three quarterback this upcoming season. I think he's going to be that good. Um, but we need to see it still. We, haven't, mean, we haven't seen it yet, so that's why he's at uh, at six. We all know the potential. We all have seen uh, what he can be, especially being such a great college quarterback. You're, everybody's just on the edge of their seat waiting for that to translate to the NFL. Oh, and I think sure. this could be the year where he just transcends and, and just shoots to the top. I, agree. Um, I, I think six is a good place to have him now, though. I feel like Fair. we've seen some still waiting on the rest. So let's just uh, – six is fair. He has the potential to go to three. He has the potential to go to four, any of those spots, by the mid to end season. But to start, I think six is good. Our number five, let's go Josh Allen. Um, this is a nod to just how talented he is because I don't like much around him. I think the offensive line's mediocre. I think the run game's mediocre. I think outside of Stephon Diggs, uh, and it's his weapons worse. are mediocre. And it's only going to get worse with his cap, his cap number increasing. Uh, I don't think he's got a very good offensive system around him. The defense is good, but it's going to lose a lot of pieces because of the cap issues. Um, so I do, I, and, and the reason he's at five is because he's so ungodly talented that he's going to be productive for 35 to 40 total touchdowns. I just worry, can he keep the, the t- total turnovers under like 12? I think that's I mean, doable. I think, that's, threw, I think that's certainly doable. He threw what, like 14, 15, and 16 this year? Here's the problem. There, there were like a lot of them in the red zone too. That is the issue. Yeah, that is the issue. I think hopefully he'll probably clean that up a little bit. And here's the thing. Also, I don't worry about Josh Allen. He's got the work ethic. He's got the humility. Like He's going to go and he's going to grind. He's going to fix a lot of that stuff. That's just who he's been. He's always yeah. gotten better year to year. So I, I don't think it'll be any different. He's, he lands at five here. Number four, Justin Herbert. I think him getting a real offensive coordinator to have a real offensive identity is going to be huge for him. It's going to be big. I mean, look, Kellen Moore, and I know the Cowboys don't have bad weapons, but he made them a top five offense almost every year with, let's say, B-plus parts, right? Dak's a B to a B-plus quarterback. Zeke's a B-minus to a C-plus back. Tony Pollard's good, but he's more of a B-plus than an A. C.D. Lamb is not a, a high-end one. No. He's anywhere between the 15th and 20th best wide receiver. Middle of the road for wide receiver ones. Um, the, the tight end's good, but not special. Offensive line's aging. And they were top five offense. That's impressive. That's wildly impressive. Yes. So I think I think with that, like with a with a really good offensive coordinator with Herbert, it, it's going to pop. He's at four. Yeah, and, and that's another one. We've been on the Justin Herbert train for how many years? I'm now? never getting Two, off. Two, three I'm years? never getting off. Six, and, five, uh, can move, smart kid. I'm never getting off. No, uh, and I think this might be the year where he finally has some cards fall his way because I feel like a lot of the time the organization has kind of been stacked against him at some points. Yeah, I agree. So finally having some sort of semblance of – Super elite offensive coordinator and just just pieces. And hopefully not all the injuries that this team has endured every yeah. single season and not having to throw to deck furniture uh, when it comes down to, like, I don't know, week we, 14, yeah, 15. Right. All right, number three, Jalen Hurts. I think his ability to move and throw the football. And he's gotten better at throwing every year, so I think it's going to continue to get better. So his ability to do both, which I know it sounds cliche as a, as a dual threat quarterback, but 
put so much strain on the defense. Um, you saw that in the Super Bowl. I don't know. Out of the best, what, eight throws, I think seven of them were Jalen in the Super Bowl. He was he played that well. With a very, with, very injured shoulder. With an injured shoulder. So I, I think Jalen's going to be really, really good. And like you talked about with the whole leadership thing, like you talked about with Aaron, Jalen has all that and more. He's, he's probably one of the best leaders in football, so he lands at three. Number two, Joe Burrow. I think he's the most accurate and precise quarterback on the planet right now, and I think he's the best on third down as well. Yeah. I think he's the best big down, big throw quarterback. Dude's got in, swag, too. In the league. Yeah, he does. You talk about leadership. You talk about rallying troops, per se. He is absolutely that guy. Um, I, He's got the Brady quality where it's like, I, I don't know third and whatever it just it just feels like this isn't going to go well for us um, like it's a lot of it's a lot of very accurate very quick very timing based accurate throws the whole way down the field until you finally come up and then it's banked right over the top and you're like this is very frustrating you're not going to see the big emotional spike with Burrow either he's no. very very low key he just gets the job done and he's not really flashy about it in the moment now the outfits to and from the game that's a different story I love it though but I absolutely love it but he, in the face of pressure, third and 15, it doesn't matter why it's third and 15. It just is. And he goes out there and converts most of the time. It's, um, it's insane. So the talent is undeniable there. I love how fast he's climbed up this list. Yeah. Uh, because when we first started the podcast and he was a rookie coming in, he was not sniffing the top 10. No, absolutely and not. Now seeing him in a number two spot, he's earned it. It's great. He deserves to be there. Joe Burrow, too. You guys guessed it. Patrick Mahomes at one. There's not a whole lot of debate here. Um, <clears throat> I mean, they rebuilt his offensive line. Got an entire new receiving core. Defense is good, but not special. And his cap number goes up. And then he's like, no, it's fine. We're good. Let's just go win a Super Bowl instead. Yeah. And they're in a really good spot moving forward because his cap number starts to kind of even plateau. off a little bit as, yeah, plateau as we go on for the next couple of years here. And they have plenty of cap space uh, and they have plenty of draft capital. So they're in a great spot to go acquire young, cheap talent uh, and, and keep building around my home. So, I mean, good for them. They're going to be just fine. He's at number one, probably the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. So, yeah. Uh, just to run back through that list. Oh, Honorable mention, Jared Goff at 11. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, Jared, I think Goff's 11. He was, he was a fringe guy right there. We were uh, I, I think debating go, him and Carr. I'd probably go what? Like Goff, Cousins, Dak? Goff, Dak, Cousins? I'd probably say, go Dak, I'd then say Cousins. Dak, then Cousins. Yeah, I'd probably go Dak, then then Cousins. I mean, I don't love Dak, but no, but I, I mean, don't he, particularly like Kirk he, either. So Yeah, I would go Dak over Kirk. Yeah, but the, the top ten here, we got Patrick Mahomes at one, Joe Burrow at two, Jalen Hurts at three, Justin Herbert at four, Josh Allen at five, Trevor Lawrence six, Russell Wilson at seven, Aaron Rodgers at eight, Matt Stafford at right, nine, right, right. and to round it off, Derek Carr in the ten spot there. Love it. Um, Fantastic list. Love it. Those are the top 10 NFL quarterbacks in our way too early list going into the 2023 season. When we get back from the break, we will have a discussion on how the NFL has kind of gotten soft uh, over the last, I'd say, decade-ish. So we have some stuff to talk about there. Don't go anywhere. All right, second and final segment here on, uh, what is it, uh, the 16th, some of that? Yeah, March 16th. Time flies when you're having fun. NFL season, you know, all the all the, all the free agency moves. Um, big week last week for that. Mostly we talked a little bit of UFC here today. Top 10 NFL quarterback going into 2023. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about NFL, like how how's the game changed. Got a little softer uh, over the last couple years. Uh, most decade, last decade probably. Um, then we'll talk a little bit about some of the, the quarterback prospects and, uh, and kind of 
the rumblings behind what you're hearing, who's falling up the up the draft, or I'm sorry, who's falling down the draft board, who's rising up the draft board. We're gonna see. We'll talk it all. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, so far, great show. I've liked the show today. The flow, yeah. starting with the, with some UFC. We God, haven't. I love UFC. We haven't done much of that, and uh, it feels good. No, we haven't. No. Uh, but yeah, the quarterbacks thing. So well, okay, we'll start with this. So. The NFL is for sure getting softer. I don't think really anybody can argue that point. We're seeing more penalties. They are called on a such a consistent basis that it's, I think, in some ways starting to become a problem, right? We had a lot of roughing the passer calls last year. We remember the one with Brady in Tampa. Um, you know, certainly not roughing the passer. Ends up affecting the outcome of the game. When I start looking into things like this, so I, I was listening to a bunch of different quarterbacks talking. It was like a kind of a roundtable type deal. They had Bradshaw there, a couple of uh, uh, other older guys. Is that the one with Trent Dilfer? And, uh, yeah, Trent Dilfer. Uh, and then they had you know Tom Brady's reaction to the whole subject. And, and the argument was basically, at its foundation, that NFL quarterbacks had to be more skilled with ball placement and strategic ball placement when you had to worry about your receivers getting their head taken off over the middle. Um, that was something that was, I mean, happening every single game. Regular Tom Brady game. talks about it, how when he played against Ray Lewis and the Ravens, he couldn't throw over the middle because they always had undersized receivers, just kind of quick, scrappy dudes, get you five, six to ten yards every play. You can't go over the middle with guys like that and have – a linebacker like Ray Lewis just absolutely take all the anger and aggression from his life out on that receiver. Um, and it has completely changed the way the NFL is played, the, the way it's laid out. Um, you know, now it's much more of a finesse game, right? Receivers are not as big, not as bulky. They are quick off the line it's about footwork it's about acceleration it's about creating space it's about route running now back then you could get pressed at the line you get pressed completely thrown off your route the mel blunt rule and that was a hundred percent legal yeah so the nfl has changed in ways it's gotten a lot less physical i think there's good and bad to it obviously good for player safety we don't need people getting stretchered out every 15 minutes and having to just flip to the whopper whopper double whopper commercial um as julian edelman there in his prime lays there getting carted off because ray lewis um just found another reason to do 52 push-ups um so the game has completely changed i think going back to the quarterbacks thing i think that there had to be so much more of a strategic influence on how you throw the football, where you throw the football, what your routes look like. I don't know. Maybe that's just I, me. I will say I, I, I agree with you in terms of uh, it's played a lot differently. Nowadays, the game is a lot more middle-of-the-field friendly. Where, like, I know, I, and one thing to kind of prove this, right, people say, well, you know, the tight ends, uh, like, like tight ends are becoming more and more important and more and more productive. People are saying, well, we're just better athletes. Well, yes, partially, but so are the people they're up against, right? So that doesn't mean a whole lot for me, right? Like, Algie Crumpler, who was probably one of the worst athletes ever at tight end, was also playing against linebackers who were probably too big to be guarding anybody else, right? So it was a, it was a fair matchup. Just like, nowadays what? So Travis Kelsey's a little bit too fast for a tight end, but too big for 
a receiver. Okay, well, a safety's too big for a DB. Creating the mismatch. It's the same. It, it's the same level of mismatch as it's always been. So I don't buy into the whole. Oh well, they're just better athletes now. Yeah, so are the people they're going against. The main reason that tight ends are more successful now than ever is because they can go in the damn middle of the field, right? Because they can operate in the middle of the field when you used to not be able to, right? The middle of the field's wide open nowadays, wide open, right? That that's the entire premise of the Mike McDaniel's Sean uh, Kyle Shanahan, yeah, and the like, you- system. That's that's the entire premise of that system is play action fake down the middle of the field. Yeah, and the USOM route is being used. All the time. Under the Sam. 100%. Over the mic. If you can split through those linebackers and get open in that middle of the field as a tight end. It's huge. You, it's huge. It's easy pickets. Yeah, no, I mean, as I long agree. as you have a quarterback that can float it in there over the tight, or over the uh, linebackers' heads, you're fine. Most can. Most can, uh, especially with practice. So, I do agree with that point. I will push back a little bit that, like, quarterback play was more skilled then. I don't think quarterback play has ever been more chaotic than it is now. I don't think it's ever been more complex from a, from an X's and O's standpoint than it is now. And I don't think there's ever been more pressure on quarterbacks than there is now. So I, I will push back that like, okay, okay, yeah, so you had to put the ball, you, you know, you had to think about throwing over the middle. Well, y- yeah, but also like post-snap rotations weren't really as much of a thing. Like they were, they were, but that wasn't like a prime thing. If you don't get post-snap rotation now, from a defense, you're shitting bricks. You're like, oh my god, hold, wait a minute. What they showed me is actually going to happen. It almost never happens. Yeah, it almost never happens. Right. So it's it, it's much harder to read defenses now and to make correct decisions. And not to mention, pass rush is up. Like I, I know you can't hit the quarterback as much, but there are people around the quarterback more than ever. Line play has gotten significantly worse in the last five to six years. Um, so sacks are up, pressures are up. And I know, like I said, you can't hit them as hard. But, st- I mean, you still have a 300-pound dude at least affecting your throw, right? So I, I don't think it's ever been more difficult to play quarterback. I'll agree that it's it's gotten soft, but I will push back on the whole, well, it's tougher to be a quarterback then. It was tougher to be a quarterback then than it is now. I, I don't agree. And I think the the pressure, I mean, like, like, I like Zach Wilson. Zach's probably, I mean, look, we like moms too, right? Like, <laughs> he's a good dude. Like, in reality, people are like, oh, you know, this guy's a bum. Like, he's kind of, like, spoiled. Dude, I bet he's so fun to go out with. Like, I bet he is a just a blast. Yeah. He's probably and, funny. And he's pretty good at football in the grand scheme of things. Gets to the NFL, New York media crushes him. It's not even fair. It, 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 it's not even fair. It goes from Mormon Brigham Young to the, to the Big Apple, gets crushed Welcome. for every little thing he does. We're like, so it is brutal to be an NFL quarterback now. It, it, it's never been more difficult. And also, the league is a quarterback league. So the threshold for make it or break it, it has gone up, right? You have to be – we talked about the drop-off in talent, right? We yeah. went from, you know, f- and number seven is the drop-off. It's Russell freaking Wilson who's probably going to get in the Hall of Fame. And then Aaron Rodgers. And then Matt Stafford. And then Derek Carr. Those are three out of four, if not all four, are going to be Hall of Famers. Yeah. And there's a significant – drop off in talent to them from the top six yes so like it's i don't think it's ever been more difficult i think yes i think the pressures have shifted to different areas i think as the league has grown and become a bigger animal i mean the nfl has gotten huge since we're talking 60s 70s 80s football yeah um 
and how different everything was. Right. Um, the pressure has shifted a lot from, from, you know, hard physical, it's still, it's still a very, very physical sport. And I'm not trying to take not, anything away from that. Not quite as much though. Everyone, everyone would admit that. But it has lessened up and it's transitioned more onto the, okay, leadership kind of guy are you with the podium, handle the media. I think all that stuff's more important now. Run a franchise. Yeah. Uh, and they have more power now than ever, I think is one of the things. But the nature of the game itself has changed so much. It has changed so much. I agree. I don't know. As we look at this at this quarterback play, we're looking at this next, you know, class of quarterbacks coming in. And I mentioned Zach Wilson, and it was weird because for a while he, we were like, yeah, he's good. Like we, everyone knew he was there, knew he was going to be a prospect going into that draft, and everyone was like, yeah, I mean, he's talented, needs some work, a little bit undersized. And you're hearing, yeah, you know, probably mid to late first round, mid to late first round. Like, that's, that's what everyone's saying. That's what everyone's saying. And then, like, two weeks before the draft, it's like, oh, no, Zach Wilson might be better than Trevor Lawrence. And yeah. He, I, I'll because tell you what. Pro Day video. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we got we to gotta pump the brakes here. It's the same thing with Anthony Richardson, right? Goes to Florida. Doesn't play a whole lot. We don't, we don't really pay attention. Florida's kind of been down the last couple of years. They're not a prominent program. We're not paying a ton of attention to him. He only started about 14 games in college. Didn't throw the ball much in those games. He was more of a running quarterback. They had a really strong run game. Wasn't asked to really carry them, throw the ball a lot. So he doesn't have a ton of reps. Yet he is just shooting up the draft board, right? You mentioned Zach Wilson. His pro day made a lot of great throws in shorts, right? In shorts with no pads, no defense, right? Anthony Richardson doing a lot of really impressive stuff. In shorts at the combine, like they're they're all really good athletes. That's why they're at the NFL combine. Like that's why they were Division One athletes. That's why they're at the NFL combine. They're all gonna look good in the broad jump, the vertical jump, your, your twenty yard shuttle, your forty time. Right? Like yeah, you should, you should. You prepare for it for months and months and months and months on end. You know exactly the drills you're doing for months. As somebody who can train, who who does train athletes, I can tell you right now if you gave me four months with somebody and I knew exactly what they were getting tested on, I will tell you right now, that'd be the best they'll ever perform on those. Like they would be peak ready to go for those. Right. So it 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 feels the same to me, like the Zach Wilson. And and, and here's what also feels the same. Nobody's saying shit about CJ Stroud. And it kinda reminds me of the Joe Burrow Tua draft. Right? right, everybody was talking about Burrow. Burrow's the clear cut number one, right? I think everyone kind of views Bryce Young as the clear cut QB one of this of this draft, and they were talking about Tua, a little bit small, a little bit of a risk, right? Like, oh, it's weird. Like Will Levis, a little bit of a risk. Is he going to be the guy? Anthony Richardson, big risk. They're getting a lot of talk. I'm not hearing anything from C.J. Stroud. I didn't hear anything about Justin Herbert. Not a thing. And if you did hear something. It was mostly criticism instead of hype. It was. It was. It was. He was too robotic. He doesn't run the ball enough. He's not quick enough. He can't That's make off-schedule throws. That's interesting. And it's weird because we saw another similarity between Stroud and Herbert. I'm not saying that they. I don't see a ton of similarity with their game itself, but with the trajectory that they're on. Right. Again, we talked about how C.J. Stroud was mostly a pocket guy, really good from the pocket. And we're like, yeah, we'd like to see him move a little bit more. Same thing with kind of with Herbert, right? Big guy could probably get outside the pocket and move, but he doesn't a ton. 
And then the last game of their careers, the Rose Bowl against Wisconsin for Herbert, and the, uh, what was that, the Sugar Bowl maybe? I think it was the Sugar Bowl. Against Georgia anyway, in the, oh, yeah, in the, yeah, in the yeah. college football semi yep. for Stroud. Uh, against Georgia when they lost in that awful kick, like right as the ball dropped. Anyway, both of them ran like crazy, ran all over those defenses. And you were like, whoa, 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 timeout. The pocket guy can run on top defenses because at the time Wisconsin was a really, really good defense. Georgia will always be a good defense. And you're like, wait a minute. You can do that and you can still deliver strikes in the pocket. So there are some similarities where it's like the last game of both their careers, whoa, hey, 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 that's a new skill we didn't know you had. And then also, not hearing much about them, combine, pro days, not hearing a ton about them. Is it because GMs around the league, especially the ones that's towards the top of the draft, are looking to draft a quarterback or saying, hey, don't say shit. That's our guy. We're keeping on the DL. We're keeping that. We're keeping that under wraps. Let's go hype up Anthony Richardson. Maybe somebody in front of us will take him instead of Stroud. I mean... You have to think about these games. It could be happening. And I, if I if I'm paying you two million dollars, you're an executive. You're telling me you you don't think of a mind game like that. No, I mean you have to because you are trying to beat the teams ahead of you that you know need a quarterback and you know what guy you want. Exactly. It's it's all a mind game. And that's an interesting comparison. This draft is going to be this draft is going to be strange because you have a lot of potential. Yeah. And you have a lot of dudes that could re- I think be really good at the next level. But, like, all of them are a risk. All of them. I don't there's, think not there's, a, there's not a bona fide, yep, that's going to work. I don't think there's anybody that you can really hang your hat on this year. Is there? I mean... I As of right now, I don't see one. I, there, I feel like there's probably going to be one we look back and we go, well, I mean, yeah, how did we not get that? Like a Herbert, right? And we, we liked Herbert, but we were like, eh, a little bit of a risk, right? We're not sure. Absolutely a risk. And I feel like the this one, this draft and the last draft, I mean, can you pick it? Like Willis. Malik Willis I mean, like, it's not like you Matt had Corral. it's not like you had a ton of confidence in, in any of those quarterbacks. Yeah. Um I just think it's it's strange because you go from a draft with like a with like a Trevor Lawrence. And you're yeah, like, Trevor okay, Lawrence. like you know he's gonna work. You, At some yeah. point he has to work. Yeah, and then Mac Mac Jones was in that one. You're yep. like, Well, he's pretty NFL ready. He won't be bad. Like you'll know he'll be pretty good. Yeah. Not nothing special, but he'll be Top 20 quarterback right I, off the rip, I which think, he was. I think this is one of the most talented, most potential-filled drafts that has the biggest 100%. risk factor. 100%. It has the biggest risk factor. They're either yeah. going to hit and become a Hall of Fame quarterback, or they are going to absolutely bust. And you I are agree. not going to you you won't get anything from them. Nothing. I agree. I think I feel like they all yeah they all are in risk. Like Bryce Young, that that's why I lean towards Stroud because I feel like he's got the least amount of like things I can nitpick. Like Bryce Young, too small, probably going to get banged up. Already got banged up at Alabama. Yeah. Will Levis, well, I don't know. Anytime he plays a team above 500 in college, he sucks. Forgets how to play quarterback. Like point blank, completion percentage down the drain. Yards per attempt down the drain. Touchdowns down the drain. Interceptions up. Like every time he plays a winning a winning team or a good defense. I mean, hell, Kentucky's defense held Georgia like 16 points this season. And they put up what? Like and they, six? Three. Yeah. 16 to three. So, I mean, like. And, and, and then Richardson, same way, not super productive, didn't throw a ton in college, seems really, really rough, makes, like, screens look hard, right? Like, like a lot of Zach Wilson where it's like, God, like, why is that three-yard out difficult? It should be difficult as a first-round quarterback. No. Stroud checks more boxes and doesn't have as much, thing, many things I can nitpick. It's interesting. The sleeper of the draft. Could it be C.J. Stroud? Is C.J. Stroud my number one quarterback? 
He might be. Is he? I think he is. I don't hey, know. that uh, I don't know. That scarlet and silver, you know, will make you feel away. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Um, that's you, all we got. Yeah, that's all we have for this episode, guys. Make sure you're going to the website, theissuesports.com. Sign up for the newsletter there. Uh, super simple, right on the homepage. And then while you're there, check out the shop. Uh, we mentioned it last week. We have all of our new designs out. It's the They're second badass. month, so go, go get them. I mean, spring break. Uh, why wouldn't you want a bad day to be a beer hoodie slash shirt? You should go on. 100%. I mean, cut it off. Make it a tee. Yeah. Make it a little tank action. Yeah. I mean, whatever you have to do, get yourself one of these shirts. All right? They're shipping on April 1st. Ordering closes March 25th. So make sure you're jumping on it. It's March 16th if you haven't checked your checked your watch so recently. Check the calendar. Um, so go to theissuesports.com. Order up some shirts. Order up some hoodies for the boyfriend, for the girlfriend, whoever you are. And whatever you're ordering for, or for yourself, I don't care. Buy a shirt. Really, really should get one. And uh, you should have that by like April third, right? If you live in Pittsburgh, it takes about and you're getting ready for opening days, day, yeah. you'll have your Cutch return shirts before opening day at PNC Park. I so to, yeah. get out there, get it. Uh, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. You can find all those links in the description of the episode. No matter where you're watching or listening guys thanks so much and that was the issue